Pastor John Cannon and the Congregation of Victory Church welcome you to this message from the Word of God. It is our heartfelt desire to see you grow closer to the Lord and to help you become all that He has created you to be. Our prayer is that through this ministry you would come to know Him in a greater way and that these teachings from Scripture would better equip you to fulfill His plan in your life. Now, let's join Pastor John as we study the Word together. pick back up on the little mini-series that we're doing within the series of the Family Project, and I want to speak on a little bit of the spiritual side of it today out of Luke chapter 2 and verse number 52. So if you have a copy of God's Word, whether it's electronic, whether it's a hard copy, go ahead and take that out, and I want you to look in Luke chapter 2 and verse number 52. This is a key passage of Scripture, and it very much was and still is even, for our family, but especially when we were young parents raising our children, this passage of Scripture really spoke to Debbie and I as we were parenting and raising our very young children back in the day. Now, that was 20-some-odd years ago. Tyler's 25, Kristen's 22. Uh, So it's been some years past, but the Word of God is still the same. In Luke chapter 2, in verse number 52, it says this, And Jesus grew... In wisdom, in stature, and in favor with God and men. So as we are wrapping up the Family Project series, I want to wrap it up with this verse of Scripture. And Jesus grew in wisdom. A few weeks back I spoke about that particular part of those four pillars or or to have a balanced family or a balanced life and we look at Jesus's life and how it was a an example of a perfectly balanced life humanly speaking we see that he grew in wisdom that's the intellect and we spoke on the mind the Bible has a lot to say about the mind okay so you can go back and grab that podcast and listen to that if you missed it so Jesus grew in wisdom that's the intellect and in stature that's physically the Bible has a lot to say about the body, and we spent uh, two weeks ago talking about all a little bit of what the Bible has to say about our physical bodies. But then it says, he grew in favor with God, that's spiritually, and men, that's socially. So those four areas, intellectually, physically, spiritually, and socially, I think as a family, as a church family, as a as a, as a Individual family, even as individuals, I think we need to pay attention to these four areas in our life. And we see that Jesus increased and grew and found favor with God in these areas of his life. So today we're going to talk about how he grew in favor with God. And we're really simply going to be speaking about balancing our spiritual life. And we're going to be talking about our spiritual life. What do you do once you accept Christ as your Savior? Is that it? Well, we all know it isn't. We all know that we're in the process of sanctification. Now, that word sanctification is a theological term. It just simply means that we are in the process of becoming more and more like Christ. We're becoming more and more like Christ in our actions, in our reactions. Every single day, we're becoming more like Christ. Until, ultimately, one day when we're with Him in eternity, we'll be completely transformed. We'll be in those those heavenly, holy bodies, right? And then, I believe, sanctification really completely takes place. I don't know that it really completely takes place in its fullness 
here on this earth. But we're in the process of becoming more and more like the Lord Jesus Christ. So hopefully you look at your own individual life and you look at the day when you accepted Christ as your Savior, you followed through in believer's baptism, you began in this new journey of faith with the Lord. Hopefully you can go back and look at that particular point in time in your life and come down the road that you've traveled, spiritually speaking, and look and see where you are today. Hopefully you've made some progress, right? Hopefully, John 15 has become a reality in your life, right? Where he is the vine and we are the branches and he is the husbandman of the vineyard and he prunes us and he shapes us and he molds us, right? How many, how many have ever been uh, pruned by the Lord, right? There's been some areas in your life where you see that God has trimmed away and he's, he's cut this and he's cut that so it bared this fruit. And now you see fruit that's bearing that you didn't see bearing back in the early days of your Christian life, right? That's called sanctification. That's called spiritual maturity. Now, a few things I want you to understand about that, and that's what I'm going to get into a little bit into this message. But whenever we think about and ask, what is spiritual maturity, here's what I want you to know. When we think about what is spiritual maturity, spiritual maturity is becoming like Christ. Okay? Everybody say that together. Becoming like Christ. Spiritual maturity is simply just becoming like Christ. Now, three things I want you to know real quickly by way of introduction about spiritual maturity. Number one, it is not automatic. Okay? I know some folks that have been believers that have accepted Christ many, many years ago, but they really haven't grown spiritually. So just because you have been saved for five years, ten years, twenty years, thirty, forty years, doesn't mean that you are spiritually mature. Because it's not automatic, okay? The Bible says in Hebrews chapter 5 and verse 12, the writer of Hebrews is saying this to believers, to Christians. He says this, Although by this time you ought to be teachers, but you need someone to teach you the basic principles of God's revelation again. Paul is writing to the believers there in, in Hebrews chapter 5, and he's, he's kind of rebuking them a little bit. And he's saying, listen, guys, by this time, in other words, you have been a believer, a Christ follower long enough. By this time, you should be teachers of the Word of God. But instead, you're all the way back on the milk of the Word where you need someone to teach to you again the basic principles of of the Word of God. So that is proof enough to me that spiritual maturity, it's not automatic. And I've already mentioned to you how it is a process. In Second Peter chapter 3 and verse number 18, God's Word says that we are to grow in the grace and in the knowledge of our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ. Now think about that. Peter's saying that this thing called spiritual maturity... This thing called spiritual growth is a process. And each of us are to be growing, as Peter says, in grace and in knowledge of the Word of God. Well, usually what happens is that people start growing more and more in the knowledge 
but it doesn't transfer into grace. Have you seen that? That's called legalism. That's called humanism. They're getting knowledge, but Peter says we're to grow in both. We're to grow in grace and knowledge, right? Now I can look back over my life. And I can see back in my ministry, back in my life, personally, in my own spiritual walk with the Lord, that I have grown in knowledge and that I have also grown in grace. Now, I've heard people sometimes boast that they don't have any grace. Well, let me tell you something, guys. That's really nothing to brag about. Right? That's really nothing to boast about. Because what you're simply saying is you're not growing. So we should see... That we grow in grace and that we grow in knowledge. And this thing called spiritual maturity, I just want you to understand, is a process. But it's also a discipline. Not only is it not automatic, not only is it a process, but it's also a discipline. And I might add, it is a daily discipline, spiritually, that we must apply to our life. doesn't just happen automatically. We've got to put some discipline to it. In 1 Timothy 4 and 7, Paul's telling young Timothy, he says, train yourself in godliness. In other words, get to the spiritual gym every day. And my friends, if we would be half as enthused about disciplining ourselves and training ourselves spiritually as we are getting to the gym and worrying about ourselves physically, I feel like all of us will be collectively a whole lot better off. Can I get an amen? We need, matter of fact, we need to look at our life. And if we're spending far more time on the body than we are on the spiritual side, then our life is out of balance. That is not healthy, right? So you've got to have a healthy Balanced life. Now, I'm not saying all the body, physical part is bad because there is some good as a result of that. And I talked about that two weeks ago. But we need to be just as disciplined, spiritually speaking, if we're going to grow in spiritual maturity. Now, there are actually four different habits, and we teach this part in class 201. If you've taken our 201 class, you've seen some of this. But there's actually four habits of spiritual growth. One is daily quiet time with the Lord. I mean, just having every single day, having some quiet time with the Lord. Habit number two is prayer. That every single day, we need to be in a spirit of prayer. Habit number three is tithing. That's a spiritual habit that increases and gives us spiritual growth whenever we start giving the Lord more and more areas of our life. And habit number four is fellowship. When we realize that, hey, we weren't meant to live this life alone. We weren't meant to be a lone ranger, right? I mean, if you think about it, even the lone ranger had who? Tonto, right? I mean, he had somebody. I mean, we, we need each other. We need that koinonia, that fellowship with the church family. That, to me, that's one of the most important reasons why you should be connected to a church family. Because you're going to be going through things in life that you don't plan to go through that you're going to need some help. 
You're going to need somebody to rejoice with you, just as we did with Gino and Angela about baby Mary, how we rejoice with them when they are rejoicing. But you also you need a church family to cry with you when you are weeping and crying, when you're going through some hard places in life. What better thing is there than to have a church family that I can go to to help me grow through those particular tough areas in life? So we need that fellowship as well. But I want to spend today... Primarily talking about habit number one. That's that daily quiet time with the Lord. Because I believe this. I believe if you can get the first one taken care of, I believe if you start spending time, quiet time, with God every single day, He will lead you to these other three, and they will almost be a byproduct uh, of the number one habit of spending time with the Lord every single day. Now, I'm not going to ask for a raise of hands. So please, do not raise your hand. But let me ask you a question. Are you personally, individually, spending quiet time with the Lord every single day? Well, if you're not, I pray that you would ask God to help you start doing that today. May you leave here today with a renewed interest and with a conviction and with a spirit that's on fire to spend time with God every single day. I believe where it says that Jesus had favor with God, He pleased God with His spiritual growth as a young man. Now, I know He was God. He was 100% deity. He was 100% God. But he was also 100% man. It blows us away to even think about that. But he set the standard for us. He, he gave us the example of how we are to live our daily life. So I hope and pray if you're not spending time, quiet time, with the Lord every single day, that when you leave here today, that's, that's the so what of my message. That's the when you walk out the door so what? Well, the so what is, I hope you leave here with a committed heart to spend time with God every single day. I promise you this, and I know a lot of people promise you this, but I guarantee you, I promise you this, it will change your life completely when you start spending time with God. Every single day. It will give you a whole new perspective on life. It will give you a whole new set of lens to look through. You won't even approach things the same way that you used to approach things when you were walking in the flesh. Because if we're not real careful, the flesh will rise up and we'll start looking at things, we'll start looking at people, we'll start looking at situations, we'll start looking at circumstances through the flesh instead of through the eyes of Christ. Okay? So I know it will have an impact on your life. Someone once said this, and I don't know who originally said it, but I read this. It said this. Someone once said, The gospel brings man to God, but devotions keep him close. To God. I like that statement. It's the gospel of Jesus Christ that brings us to God. That's the bridge. It's the gospel, the death, the burial, the resurrection of Jesus. It's the cross of Calvary that brings us to God. But it's the devotions that we do every single day of our life that keeps us close to God. 
And if you feel that you're a little distant spiritually from the Lord, it just may be that your private world, your devotional life, is not where it needs to be. So I hope and pray we do a gut check on that today. That's my intent. That's my purpose. That's where I'm going with this message. I want us to do a little bit of a gut check on our spiritual life and if we're spending quiet time with the Lord every day. I want to read a couple of passages of Scripture to you. In James chapter 4 and verse number 8. And jot the reference down and the Scripture will be on the screen if you can't get to it. But at least jot this reference down. Listen to what it says. It says, draw near to God and He will draw near to you. Now, if you ever feel like God is distant from you, it just may be that we are not the ones that are drawing intentionally close to Him. If we will draw close to Him, the promise in God's Word in James 4, 8 is that He will what? Draw close, draw near to us. Draw near to God and He will draw near to you. And then He says, cleanse your hands, sinners, and purify your hearts, you double-minded He's implying if we're not drawing near to God, then we need to ask for forgiveness. We need to get cleansing. And maybe we're double-minded. Maybe we're wishy-washy. Maybe we're struggling in this area. And we just need to call out to the Lord and ask Him to purify our hearts and to forgive us so that we can draw near to Him. And then I want you to look over in Hebrews. Turn back in your Bibles, if you will, to Hebrews chapter number 10 and verse number 22. Actually, you can really start, if you want to stay within the context of the passage, look in verse number 19. He says, Therefore, brothers, since we have boldness to enter the sanctuary through the blood of Jesus, by a new and living way that He's opened for us through the, through the curtain, that is, through His flesh, and since we have a great high priest over the house of God, now we're at verse 22, let us draw near with a true heart in full assurance of faith, and our hearts sprinkled clean from an evil conscience, and our body washed in pure water. The point is, Scripture teaches us and commands us that we are to draw near to the Lord. And by the way, I'm not going to spend a lot of time on this, but I want you to understand there is a consequence that happens to all of our lives if we do not draw near to Him. Psalm 73 and verse number 27, it says, Those far from you will certainly perish. Those far from you, I think that's the wrong text there. Those far from you will certainly perish. Okay? And then he says in verse number 28, But as for me, God's presence is my good. So I want you to understand, if we're not drawing near to the Lord then there's going to be some consequences to that. So real quickly, let's look at this, this quiet time that we're to have with the Lord. Look, let's look at the importance of it. Here's what I want you to see. Number one, every single one of us were created to have fellowship with the Lord. Every single one of us were created to have fellowship with the Lord. I love Revelation 3.20 where the Scripture says, and Jesus, this is Him speaking, He says, Behold, I stand at the door and knock. If any man will come in and sup with me and I with him, if he'll just simply open the door of his heart. And that's still what God wants to do every single day of our lives. He wants to have fellowship with us. We were created to have fellowship with the Lord. The second thing I want you to see is that Jesus died for us. He died so that we could have a relationship with God. He died for us so that we could have a relationship and have fellowship with 
the Lord. The third thing I want you to see is this, that personal time with God, that was Jesus' source of strength. And we see in Mark chapter 1 and verse number 35, and the Scripture says that very early in the morning, while it was still dark, that He, being Jesus, He got up, He went out, and He made His way to a deserted place, and He was praying there. Listen, guys, if personal time with God was Jesus' source of strength, then don't you think it's probably and should be our source of strength also? And the Scripture says that as His custom was, that He got up and He went to this deserted place, and there He prayed. The fourth thing I want you to see is this, that every single person who has been effective in service... By the way, let's just pause right here and praise the Lord for the rain. Amen? I like that. We needed some rain around here. We've been going on vacation and came back, and our garden's almost dried up. And uh, so I was praying for some rain. So I hope it's raining in Mascuda. You help me pray for that, okay? Here, every person who has been effective in service for God developed this habit of spending quiet time with the Lord. You go back and you study the life of Abraham and Moses and David and Daniel and Paul and many others. And you'll find that all of these individuals had time when they would steal away and just spend time with the Lord. And my question to you, are you doing that? If we're going to increase in favor with God, then we're going to learn to grow spiritually and be more like Him Then it's going to require us spending some time with Him. And I might add number five, you cannot be a healthy Christian without spending time with the Lord. You just can't be. Matter of fact, in Matthew 4 and 4, the Word of God says this, But He answered, It is written, Man must not live on bread alone, but by what? But by every word that comes from the mouth of God. And what Jesus is saying when He's being tempted of the devil here in Matthew 4, and He's telling Satan, Hey, man can't live by bread alone. In other words, He's talking about the physical part of life. That we must increase and grow in the spiritual part of life as well. Man can't live by bread alone. That's the physical. But by every word that comes from the mouth of God, that's the spiritual. And guys, if we're just growing in the physical and we're not growing in the spiritual, I promise you there's no way you can be a healthy Christian. You just can't be. Can I get a witness? So how? I think I've driven home the point that we need to be spending time with the Lord. Every single day. We need to be spending time with the Lord. How do we do that? You say, okay, I'm convinced. I need to do that. I just don't know how to do that. Well, I'm glad you asked me that question. It's a great question. How do we spend quiet time with the Lord? I came in this morning and I picked up the daily bread that's out there on the table. And I believe we may have passed these out possibly last Sunday. And they're for June and July and August. And If you're not using this, and it may be that your quiet time with the Lord is far beyond this, maybe even deeper than this. And if so, then praise the Lord. That's that's great. But if you're here this morning, you're struggling with your daily quiet time with the Lord, this is a very good place to start. And by the way, they have it in a digital version as well. I have it on my iPad and my digital devices, and I read the daily bread on there. It just gets me started every morning, and it usually leads me into some some deeper study. But I want to encourage you to use the daily bread. How many use this? How many have a copy of it? 
You, if you do not have a copy, we have more of these out on the back. Matter of fact, I actually, uh, who's back there with John? Is that Jake? Jake, Jake, will you step out there? And, and uh, Tyler, will you step out there with Jake? And right on the fireplace there in that area, we have, we have some of these. I don't, this, this is the practical part of the message, okay? So I'm going to call time out and make sure you get it. How many does not have one of these? Raise your hand. They're going to give them to you right now. And I don't know if we have enough for everybody. I don't know where our supply of these are in the office. So if you don't have one, I want you to get it. How many is a digital person? You read on your iPad or your Android device or iPhone. Okay, I want you to go to the Play Store right now, and I want you to search for Our Daily Bread. They have a digital version as well, and you can download that. Okay? It does work well. Charlie must use the digital version, right? So here's what I want you to do. I'm going to kind of give you a, a session of what it looks like to spend time with the Lord. This is a great place to start. Now, you may have some other devotional studies. You may have some other deeper studies. Listen, those are great. I'm not saying you have to do this and you can't do those. Whatever you're doing, if it's working, keep doing it. But I'm trying to focus on those individuals that are not faithfully every day spending time with the Lord and growing in their faith. Okay? Here's what I do know. And let me say this to any young Christians that may be here. In your journey with the Lord, especially when you're starting off in this journey, Satan's going to do everything in his power to get you discouraged, to get, to get you to lose focus, to get you to give up on God. And he's going to paint a picture that looks like the sky is falling. Okay? Okay? How do I know that? Because I've been attacked by Satan like that before as well. He's just trying to deter our attention because he knows, get this, Satan knows that he is defeated when you get into the Word of God. He knows he cannot stand against the Word of God. He knows that. So he's going to do everything in his power to get you out of the Word of God, to get you out of church, so that you stop reading and absorbing the Word of God and you stop growing spiritually. Okay? So be wise to his devices. All right? So here's a few things I want you to think about whenever we think about how to begin this daily quiet time with the Lord. Number one, I want you to do this. I want you to have a specific time that you meet with the Lord. Put it in your calendar. It needs to be on your day planner, in your calendar, on your phone. Schedule the event. Schedule the time, the time because, get this, it's the most important meeting that you'll have all day long. Okay? So put it on the calendar. Schedule a specific time. Now, in Mark 1 and 35, it says this about Jesus. It says, very early in the morning, while it was still dark, he got up and he went out and he made his way to a deserted place and he was praying there. Now, Jesus got up early in the morning while it was still dark and he went at that specific time to go meet with God. Now, I realize that everyone here is not a morning person. I realize that. Some are evening, not, I mean, real late at night type people. I am not. When it gets past 8.30, <laughs> remember, I'm past 50, okay? So I'm 50. When it gets 
Eldon, I'm looking at my watch. Whew. Maybe I can make it till 9 o'clock. Not maybe. <laughs> 9.30. I mean, I'm just, I'm done. At night time, I am done. Okay? I am a morning person. I like to get up really, really early. For me, it's the early time. But I'm not going to tell you you have to get up early. What I am going to tell you is this. Whatever time you set, be consistent with it. Okay? And by the way, people ask, well, what is the best time? The best time for you to spend with the Lord every single day is when you are at your best. If you are not at your best in the morning and you are at your best at nighttime or in the evening or at lunchtime or whatever, whatever time of the day that you are at your best, you need to give that time to the Lord. Okay? So that may be different for everyone. For me, personally, it really is the morning. That's when I'm at my best. That's when my head is cleared. I'm focused. I'm just focusing on the Lord. And then the day takes off and then everything else I'm bombarded with. Okay? So whatever time is best for you, you decide what that time is. But I want you to find a specific time, put it on the calendar, be consistent with it, find the time when you are at your best. Is that fair enough? That's easy enough for all of us, right? Number two is this. Not only find a specific time, but secondly, find a specific place. I mean, get to that place, wherever that place is. Now, I've got a couple places where I try to get to. But wherever those places are, get to that place. How many know anything about Jesus and know about where his special place was? If you read in Luke 22 and many other passages of Scripture, he loved to get out to the Mount of Olives. Okay? That was his special place. Matter of fact, in Luke 22, it says he was going out there and the disciples followed him out there. Okay? So that was his special place. We need to have a specific time. We need to have a special place where we meet with the Lord. The third thing is... You need to gather the resources and go to that place at that time. Okay? So whatever the resources are that you're gathering together to go spend quiet time with the Lord, you need to get them together and go there. Okay? It may, may be a hard copy Bible. It may be your, uh, a hard copy notebook. It may be a tablet. It may be a computer. Whatever it is, go there. But let me say this about the computer technology, tablets, phones, things of that nature. If you're going there to spend this time with the Lord and you're using an electronic device, put it in airplane mode. Put it in air. Why would I do that? Because here's what's going to happen. You're going to get to your quiet time with the Lord. Matter of fact, I put my tablet in airplane mode when I'm preaching. Because... All these notifications pop up. Text messages pop up. A status of someone will pop up. An email will come. And I don't know about you, but my, I, I have notifications on there, and it's buzzing here and popping there and carrying on there. And when I go to my quiet time, I do not want to be distracted. There are times when I cut myself off from the digital world. Now, I still may be using digital devices, But they cannot get to me because I put them in airplane mode and cut them out just so I can spend time with the Lord. Because here's what's going to happen. You're going to get in your devotion time and all of a sudden you're going to receive a text and it's going to buzz that you have an email or it's going to buzz that someone posted something about 42 ways to lose 50 pounds on Facebook and and you're you're going to wind up out there reading that stuff, right? It's going to distract you. Are there 42 ways to lose 50 pounds? I don't know. But it's going to distract you 
from your time you spend with the Lord. So just get whatever resources you need. Go to that special place at that specific time. And then number four, you must have the right attitude. Whenever you go to that special time with the Lord, you've got to have the right attitude. You've got to have the right mindset. And I wrote several different things there. It begins with reverence. Have a spirit of reverence. You're going to meet the King of kings and the Lord of lords. You're spending time with God, right? So enter into that time with a spirit of reverence. In Psalm 46.10, to go along with that, says, Be still and know that I am God. Have a moment of stillness, being quiet, a spirit of reverence, but then also expect something. When I go to meet with the Lord, I'm expecting something from the Lord. And whatever burden I may have on my heart, whatever need I may have, whatever song of praise may be on my tongue, whatever it is, whatever I'm feeling at that particular moment, whatever circumstances I may find myself in, I'm going to that time to meet with God in a spirit of reverence, but expecting something from the Lord. I'm expecting to hear from Him. Okay? Expect something. Psalm 119, verse 18 says, Open my eyes so that I may contemplate the wonderful things from your instruction. We need to pray and ask God to open up our eyes, to remove the veil of our heart, and help us to see what His Word is teaching us whenever we enter into that time. And then also have a spirit of obedience. Because many times in my time of just meeting with the Lord one-on-one, He gives me some instructions. He gives me some things that I need to do. He gives me some to-do list, and I need to get up and do those things and be obedient to Him. Are you with me, church? So whenever you get with the Lord, have this spirit of reference, have this spirit of expectancy, and be obedient. And then the fifth and the final thing, I'm going to wrap it up with this, is have a simple plan. Just a simple plan. And there are your five R's for this simple plan. Number one, relax. I promise you guys, you can't go into this time rushed. You can't go into this time looking at your watch, hurried, rushed. You need to be relaxed. The only thing on the agenda for that specific time period is just meeting with the Lord. And have a relaxed spirit about you. Slow down. Be patient. Be still. Prepare your heart. Be relaxed before the Lord. Then the next thing, and you can do this, all this with the daily bread, is read the verse of Scripture. Just read it. Read the verse. Read the context. Meditate on it. Think about it. And that gets into reflect. After you read it, reflect. Meditate on that passage of Scripture. Ask yourself, what is God trying to say to me through this passage of Scripture. Reflect on the Scripture. Maybe even memorize it. Maybe even close your eyes and recite that verse back to yourself. And ask God to show you what He's trying to speak to you in that particular verse of Scripture. So I'm going to enter my time relaxed. I'm going to read God's Word. I'm going to read a verse of Scripture. I'm going to reflect on it. And then I'm going to record it. God's Satan loves nothing more for you to go to your quiet time with the Lord without a pencil, without a pen, or without some way to record what God is going to say to you. Because if you are like me, you're going to leave that time and you're going to get out in this busy world and you're going to completely forget.
what God spoke to you about that morning. Now, I'm, I, I enjoy a journal. I like to write. I like to write down my thoughts. I like to write down what I feel God's speaking to me. If, if God speaks to me through a verse, I want to pin that down. And I have several different ways I do that, but you've got to find a way that works for you. Record what it is that God is speaking to you about. And then the last thing is request. What is request? That's your prayer time. That's when after you've relaxed and you've read the scripture, you've reflected on it and you've recorded it, now you're going to just request. Just go to the Lord in prayer. Thank Him for what He showed you that day. Be obedient and say, God, help me to put this and apply this to my life today and get up and walk in the Spirit of Christ today and yield it to the Holy Spirit and complete obedience to what it is you'd have me to do today and help me to be Christ-like in my actions and in my reactions. And I mean, just that's your prayer time. And I promise you guys, this is simple. It really is a simple thing to do. Don't make it, don't make it that difficult. Just a simple thing. We're not talking about we're not talking about deep theological study. We're just talking about our devotion time. Allowing the Spirit of God to take the Word of God and make us more like the Son of God. That was Martin Luther's prayer many, many years ago. I love that prayer. And he always prayed every time he preached, God, may the Spirit of God take the Word of God and make us more like the Son of God. That's my prayer. And I hope that's your prayer as well. I'm going to ask the band to come, please, if they will. And let's just have a time of prayer. And I don't know where you are in your spiritual world and in your spiritual life. But the Bible says that Jesus increased in favor with God. In favor with God. And the Bible says without faith it's impossible to please Him. So what is faith? Faith is total dependence upon the Lord. So every single day, if we're going to live in obedience and we want His blessings on our life and we want God to, to bless us and, and we want to grow spiritually, then we're going to live a life of obedience, a life that's in complete dependence upon Him. So I wonder as every head is bowed and every eye is closed, I don't know where you are in your spiritual life today. If you're here today and you do not know Christ as your personal Savior, I just want you to know that this spiritual journey begins and can begin today when you ask Christ into your life. And if you've already done that, then maybe we just need to commit our life or recommit our life to the Lord today and say, God, I haven't been spending time with you like I should. And today I pray that you forgive me. And I pray, God, that you create this hunger and this desire in my life just to spend time with you today. Let me pray with you. Father, Lord, I don't know the concerns and the needs and the spiritual condition of everyone in this auditorium this morning. But, Lord, you do. And, Father, right now I just pray that you would speak to all of our hearts Lord, that you would help us to see what our needs are and where you have fingered around in our life. Lord, if we're here today and we have never trusted you as our Savior, I pray that today will be the day when we would open up our heart's door and receive you as our Lord and as our Savior. 
And if you're here today and that's you, let me help you with this prayer. Why don't you pray silently in your heart a prayer, something like this. Just say, Dear God, I believe you love me so much that you sent your son to die on the cross for me. And I believe that Jesus did live a sinless life. That he hung on the cross. He died for my sins there. And he was buried and he rose again the third day. And Father, I believe that he is your son. Right now, I pray, God, you forgive me of my sins. Come into my life. Be my Lord and my Savior. I give you my life today. If that's you and you've prayed that prayer, just let me say welcome to the family. But now as we continue in a spirit of prayer this morning, every head still bowed, every eye closed. Maybe you're a child of God and you've accepted Christ months ago, years ago, whatever it may be. But maybe your devotional life is not what it needs to be. Maybe you haven't been spending time with the Lord like you should. Maybe at one time you were really excited about that, but now you've drifted and you've gotten a little cold and you just don't know where to start. Let me pray with you today. Father, for that individual here that's just recommitting their life to you today, that realizes that they've drifted from you, spiritually speaking, and just haven't been committed to their daily time with you. Father, I just pray that you speak to that individual's heart. And if that's you today, let me pray a prayer with you. Pray something like this silently to the Lord, sincerely from your heart. And just say, dear God, I've realized today that my devotional life is not where it needs to be. That I really haven't been spending time with you on a daily basis. I feel it spiritually. I'm just not where I used to be. And fatigue is set in, spiritually speaking. And I've lost my joy and I'm just not happy about the things of God any longer. And Father, right now, I pray you forgive me. Forgive me for not being obedient to you in my spiritual growth, my daily quiet time. And Father, I pray you create a zeal and a fire in my heart like I've never had before. I pray you revive that daily devotion time in my life with you again. That God and I time. Help me to find a specific time, a special place. Gather the resources and go with the right attitude. And start that time in a spirit of reverence and reading your word and reflecting and recording your word and requesting things from you in the spirit of prayer and Father renew my daily devotion time with you today and dear Lord I just pray for everyone today whether they accepted you as their savior or they recommitted their life to you as far as their daily time with you I just want to praise your name for what you've done in all of our lives as individuals, as families, as a church family. And God, we just ask that your blessings rest on each of us. And God, we know that Satan's job is to distract us, to get us focused on the little things, deter us, discourage us. 
Father, today, help us to refocus. Tune in on what it is you're doing in our life. We give this time to you. We give our hearts to you. Use us for your glory. In Jesus' name we pray. And all God's people said, Amen. Amen. Well, God bless you guys. Thank you for being here today. Well, thank you for joining us for this message from the Word of God. We know that the truth you have just heard will change your life if you believe it and intentionally apply it. If you need someone to pray with or maybe you just want someone to talk to, please call us at 618-622-9360. That's 618-622-9360. Or you can email us at victory at victorychurchonline.net. If you're interested in obtaining more teaching materials, or if you'd like to partner with us in this ministry, please contact us. You can email or call or send a request to 715 Lake Point Center, Suite 109, O'Fallon, Illinois, 62269. Come and check us out on the web at www.victorychurchonline.net. And again, we thank you and are glad you could join us.